Amen. Amen. In the midst of, I was about to say bleak, win, bleak midwinter, but in the midst of World War II, um, the great American poet W.H. Auden wrote his very famous Christmas poem. And in this poem, he has this stanza that has kind of stopped me um, in Advent. You know, when you read something and it kind of just stops you in your tracks. And this has just stopped me, basically, for the past few weeks, really. Um, and he says, he says this, he says, We who must die demand a miracle. How can the eternal do a temporal act? How can the infinite become a finite fact? Nothing or nothing can save us that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. When I said that to Ab, she was like, I literally have no idea what that means. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that. The reason why that stopped me is because what Auden's doing is he's using quite audacious language, almost in the frame of a desperate plea. He's saying everything I can imagine, everything we can think of, isn't enough to save us from what we face. We need something outside of ourselves to save us. Auden's using the phrase that gladiators would say as they enter into the arena and they'd kneel before Caesar or whatever emperor and they'd say, we who must die salute you. What Auden's doing is he's taking this, this phrase that would have been used as a, as a submission to worldly powers and he's flipping it on its head, turning it into this desperate plea for help. It's an admitting that we need help. <coughs> And you see, Auden was recognising our need for a saviour. Something's gone wrong, something isn't right. What we can imagine can't save us. That's what we've heard in the readings that we've had in that Genesis passage. Speaks about this rupturing that happened at the beginning of time. This chasm that opened up, this fracturing between perfect intimacy with our creator, our maker, our Father, something broke at the start of time and ever since we've been trying to draw it to a close. And what we remember in Advent is that Jesus did that for us. That Jesus drew that fracture together, inaugurated a new kingdom, and we're living in the midst of that kingdom. But it's not all fairies and daisies, is it? The scripture that we have that follows the Isaiah passage... <coughs> says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And as Isaiah is saying this, they're in the midst of this like funk of unholy kings, not very good rulers. There's a threat of violence and war creeping up on them. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, if you go to a Bible, you'll know there's a long list of the isms. They're chasing the Israelites. They're trying to surround them. And, and Isaiah, in the midst of that, speaks to a hope. And in the midst of it, Isaiah is given a task. He has to speak judgment. He has to recognise the darkness that's surrounding them and that they're all partaking in. And he has to speak hope. And he does that. He speaks against the unholy kings, but he also speaks at the future hope, the child that's coming to earth. And I don't know about you, but as Pete was saying, sometimes it feels like we kind of need to inhabit that role of judgment and hope. Not judgment in like 
the judgy way that we know it, but just in a way that recognises the darkness <coughs> that is around us. <coughs> I think we can look on our doorstep, we've got, you know, strikes up and down the country at the moment. Three out of four nurses are reporting mental health issues. Our prisons are overwhelmed, men and women spilling outside. Food banks, the visits to them are skyrocketing. <coughs> Electricity, gas, energy. Bills aren't exactly getting cheaper. I don't know if you've seen yours. And that's without looking at ourselves, isn't it? What about loneliness, grief around this time? The like pervasive but very distinct feeling of like not enoughness that we all seem to live with. Maybe that slightly embarrassing dependence on Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> or alcohol. Or maybe something harder. <coughs> or maybe just a downright addiction that you haven't been able to admit. There's darkness around us a lot of the time that we need saving from. Like Isaiah testifies to. And as we look at those who lead us through, we aren't filled with an overwhelming sense of hope are we? What we can imagine and what those around us who lead us, what they can imagine, doesn't feel massively sufficient for getting us through the time that we're in. And that's when we enter into Advent. Something's changed. That's the announcement of Advent. Auden is right. We do demand a miracle, but it's a different kind to Isaiah. We need saving true, but we also recognising that, that we also recognise that this saving has begun. The ground beneath our feet, the atmosphere we exist within, the seeming darkness isn't the same darkness as Isaiah. See, Isaiah bravely prophesied about presence in the midst of absence. The silence of God that followed was deafening, but what we find in Advent and what we remember is that the silence of God was answered in the cry of a baby. God sent Jesus to answer the seeming absence that separates us from him. The audacious claim of the Christmas story is that we can fully recognise the overwhelming sense of darkness, the insufficiency of the human condition, the need for a miracle like Auden speaks about, the impossibility of the possible saving us. We can recognise all those things and we can cry, Jesus, come. God save us and we know that it, we will be answered because he already has so we wait in the midst of Advent we wait differently to Isaiah we search the horizon knowing that a light has dawned it's a different kind of waiting we admit, we're able to admit the darkness but we see the dawn of Christ's presence in return so what I want to say in this first half is take heart <coughs> A great light has shone, a child is born, and a son is given. Peace can be found in the darkest place and the deepest winter. Take heart. So, we have spoken about Advent being a time that is for those who know something's not right with the world, but know that there's a light that illuminates that darkness. 
And we started with some very highbrow content from W.H. Auden. <laughs> now we're going to go for some 90s film content. Um, I don't know if any of you remember the film The Bodyguard. Oh, yeah. Cinematic masterpiece, Whitney Houston, Kevin Cosner, the good stuff. I um, watched this film when I was younger with some family friends who had come to visit. And my parents and their parents were out of the room in, in the other part of the house. And we were watching this film, and um, I can't even remember what happens in the film. Um, but there's this moment where Whitney is um, in the house, and her perpetrators, people who are trying to kidnap her, are surrounding the building. And um, it's this really dark scene. I think it's in winter. And um, I have no idea if they get her or not. Um, <laughs> but the, good, the, the reason I'm telling that very random story is that um, this film, um, quite hilariously, and I don't mind saying it, um, gave me, little Jonah, night terrors for four months. Um, but I, I, yeah, I actually don't know for how long. But I um, was totally consumed by night terrors and um, have a relatively vivid imagination. And some nights I'd kind of gasp myself awake, um, heart pounding, convinced that I heard a noise downstairs. Other nights I'd really struggle to sleep um, in a 400-year-old house with a lot of animals and six other family members. Noises were plenty. So there was lots of opportunities for me to lie there. Absolutely terrified. And I can still remember the feeling of my heart pounding and my like, palms being so clammy and just being terrified in the darkness of this like silent house with like some creepy noises that I could hear, which was probably a cat walking or old plumbing that my dad had botched up trying to work. And in the midst of this place, I knew, like we heard from Auden, that I needed something outside of myself. I couldn't think my way out of this. I couldn't try and just tell myself that it was okay. The darkness was so real, I just, I can remember just being so overwhelmed and it just felt so terrifying. And what, the only thing that would basically um, get me out of this place was climbing out of my bunk, bunk bed and sprinting down the hallway, sheepishly opening up my mum and dad's room and saying, mum and dad, I think there's something downstairs. And very graciously, I'd hear my dad move his body out from underneath the sheets. And dad would take me by the hand, this went on for quite a while, take me by the hand and walk me down the creaky steps, turning on the little lights as we went. And the house would gradually light up and up and up as we walked through. He'd take me to every door, show me that it was locked, take me to every window, show me that it was bolted. Take me to every robber-sized hole <laughs> and convince me that no one was there. And gradually, the longer we walked around, the anxiety dissipated and my heart slowed down. And we walked back upstairs, slowly, 
switching off the lights as we went. And I climbed back into bed and fell back to sleep on a good night. Bless them, some nights probably was twice or three times then. <laughs> but what we celebrate in Advent is what I think that story represents. The unique truth at the heart of the gospel is that the hope of the world isn't to be found in what we can understand or think about or think away or come up with good ideas and good plans. It's to be found outside of ourselves. The hope of the world is to be found in the audacious claim that the king of the universe, creator of the world, came close, took us by the hand and led us into the light and into life. That's the audacious claim of the gospel. Now, what that doesn't mean is that hardships don't exist. Darkness does exist. That darkness still felt very real to me. I was still petrified. Even preparing for this, I was still, I could remember the terrifying feeling of it. The darkness felt real. It felt so real. Doesn't mean that grief and loss doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that pain doesn't plague our lives. They all exist. All these things exist. But what it does mean is that God participates with us in that. He draws close to us. He guides us through it. Switching on the little lights as we go through. He guides us through it, holding our hands when we're terrified of what could be in the dark. And ultimately, he has defeated death and sin. And he reigns victorious above it all. Or as John says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So what does this mean? This means we live in the now and the not yet. The now, the world has changed in the birth of Jesus, that's the now. We know that's a reality as Christians. We have a God who is closer than you can ever imagine. The kingdom of God has broken in, God with us, Emmanuel. That's reality, that's the now, we know that's true. God holds us in the dark, even when it feels frightening and terrifying. That's all true, that's the now, we know that. What about the not yet? The world is still broken. We long for the return of Jesus, when all things will be made new. We search the horizon for the great light, the return of Jesus, to draw all things back into him. That's what we truly long for. We are still aware of the darkness, but a great light has shone in it and changed everything. So if you sit in this tension, if you feel the ache of the now and the not yet, take heart. Take heart if this Christmas the darkness feels like it could not end. Take heart. Take heart if the world feels hopeless and your imagination, like Auden said, is slightly limited. Take heart. Take heart if anxiety is overwhelming and exhaustion is constant. Take heart. Take heart in the fact that a light has come into the world. Death and darkness are defeated. Take heart, the infinite became the finite. 
the seemingly impossible was made possible. This Christmas, take heart that God came to earth to illuminate and guide us through what can feel like overwhelming darkness. Amen. 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 Amen.